Hello, I'm Sinead. And I'm Brian. Each week we introduce each other to a film that we love. If the other's not equally enamoured, it could mean the end of our 22-year relationship. Warning, there will be spoilers, swearing and undoubtedly arguments. This is Reasons to Dump You. Help me, it's Brian's week, I don't want to be here. It is my week, people. And before we start, I just want to do a little tip of the old hat. To Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II who passed away. I don't want to dwell on it. We're not going to. It's not the point of this podcast. But it's only right to give her a nod. She was such a constant, Brian. (laughs) She was a constant. (laughs) Moving on swiftly. Moving on swiftly. Right. Okay. So, Sinead, it is my week. I know. Are we sure? Are we sure it's not my week again? I think you'll find people all over the country right now are like, hang on, is it Brian's week on reasons? (laughs) Damn straight. And they're all tuning in. So... Well, the good thing is we're independent. If we were on BBC Sounds, there would be no episode this week because apparently the BBC schedule needs to be stopped completely. That is true. (laughs) Um, And also, you know, I just demonstrated my age by using the word tuning in. (laughs) The old, get the old wireless out, people. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, come on, come on now. I'm quite excited for your choice of film. Okay, why? You never normally are. Well, I'm hoping that it's going to be something that's going to... Yes, anyway, it's going to be great. Yeah. So, first clue. Released in 1990. That's right, I've gone to the 90s for a change. Excellent, yeah. This film premiered at the 47th Venice International Film Festival. Ah, of course, right. That was one of your favourites, the 47th, was That was one of my favourites. However, um, I'd need to consult my catalogue from that year, so next clue. You were a bit drunk during (laughs) that one. Um, The next clue. In 2000, it was deemed culturally historically or aesthetically significant and selected for preservation in the National Film Registry by the United States Library of Congress. That's one big library. We've done other films that have been added into that library on the basis of being culturally significant. I appreciate that, but this one was added within 10 years of its production. That's pretty significant. I'm not saying it doesn't merit inclusion. I'm just saying that's one big library. I mean... There's that, a lot of films, Sinead. I, I don't understand the aggression towards that, it. But that card catalogue takes a lot of sifting through. That's all I'm saying. Are you hiding the fact maybe you don't know the answer to <laughs> I this? thought you were going to say, are you high? Oh, well, <laughs> just yeah. to clarify, I am not high. No. I'm just high on life. Exactly. Sinead loves life. Clue. Live, love, laugh. She's always said it. <laughs> I've always said it. Yeah. Clue three. Clue three. It has been argued to be the high point of the career of its director, mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese. Aha. Uh-huh. And is based on the biography, Wise Guy. I know exactly what this film is. Good. We will be watching... Go on. Goodfellas. We will indeed. Ah. We are watching the classic gangster movie, Goodfellas. In my book, one of the greatest of all time. Right up there. In film, let alone gangster film of its genre. I know that everybody that's a Godfather freak will be writing in. Pen and paper. (laughs) I know, I've gone right back. I don't know what's wrong with me today. There are more up-to-date ways of communicating people. Sorry, I'm we just stuck don't like way, them. way back. <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, this for me is phenomenal. So we're going to go and watch it. We're going to come back. We're both going to agree it's one of the best films of all time. Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to have my own opinion. <sighs> but I'm in the mood for a bit yeah, well, of gangsterism. I can see that. I'm yeah. feeling a bit gangster yeah. today. I can see that. We are in South London. Let's do it. Let's watch The Gangstars and let's come back and talk about it. Okay, Brian, let's do this. All right, let's go. I will see you in three, two, one. 
I've got something to tell you. Go on. Ever since I can remember, I've always wanted to be a gangster. Yeah, you have. <laughs> see, well, we all do. I feel like I've achieved it now by watching this film, so I don't need to go out and risk my life. Yeah. Uh, or end up in prison. So I'm quite happy about that. I just know that I want Italian food. I want to sell drugs. <laughs> I want to virtually kill people for no reason. I want to have cars. I want to have glamour. I want to get bought champagne by Bobby Vinton. I want to have to borrow a knife off my mum or cut someone up with. <laughs> well, all look, these things. I want it all. They say that, you know, kids are influenced by the things they see on the telly and the video games they play. I don't believe that at all. <laughs> Not at all. A load of old nonsense. This hasn't inspired you to go to a life of oh, crime. Oh, that's it. I'm doing it. Okay, look, let's be honest. This was your choice. Yes, it was. It's a Stone Cold classic. It is. Proud of it. Proud as punch that of this choice. I think Proud you, as you, punch. you've done well this week. I enjoyed every single moment of it. Good. Me too. So let me tell you, or probably the listeners more than you, <laughs> the synopsis for this film. Oh yes, please do. Now, I trudged the world trying to find a decent synopsis for this. Absolutely looked everywhere. Let me tell you the few of the little spots I went to. Just got to turn the page. I looked on IMDb. A load of old horse. <laughs> I looked on Rotten Tomatoes. They managed to even top IMDb. I then looked at Roger Ebert, Ebert, however you pronounce it, uh-huh. waffled on for about four and a half pages, <laughs> and then I looked at tribute.ca. Never heard of it. Yeah, exactly. Talked more about the actors than they did about the plot. But- so, in the end, I have taken this from Movie House Memories. Oh. I know, right? But this is the best plot synopsis that I could find, and it ain't great. Goodfellas is based on a true story that explores the lowly, blue-collar side of New York's Italian mafia in this crime biopic of wise guy Henry Hill. His life takes him from a young petty criminal to a big-time thief to middle-aged cocaine addict and dealer. As we witness the rise and fall of Hill, his two counterparts, the slick jack-of-all-trades criminal Jimmy Conway and the brutish, intimidating Tommy DeVito, we learn the rules and traditions of organised crime. And that was the best one I could find. That was quite cumbersome. Tommy DeVito, was his surname DeVito? Yeah. Oh, right, okay. As in Danny. Yes. I mean, they're both, you know, of small stature. Well, yeah, but I don't think the real Tommy DeVito was necessarily as But they changed small. some of these names. This wasn't like Jimmy Conway's name. Like, that. He was that name was changed, right? That's not the real criminal's Jim- name. Why, Jimmy the Gent Conway. Um, I don't know what it was, but it wasn't that. Well, you can't just claim it was changed. Listen, I I can't contain all the information in my encyclopedic head. You can't retain any it would be, <laughs> not even one name. <laughs> right. So, let me tell you why this film is fabulous. Well, go on then. Let's see if I agree with you, all because right. I might not. I no. mean, I agree it was fabulous, but I might not agree with your reasons as to why you think it's fabulous. Oh, no, you will. That was a threat. (laughs) So, let me start then with simple facts. This is a tour de force in filmmaking. This is storytelling at its absolute best. At its zenith, Mm. some might say. I wish I knew the Italian for zenith. I would have said it now. Should have contacted friends and found out. Mm. Mm. I'm not the only one that comes unprepared. (laughs) So... First of all, this film has got one of the best openings to a film 
ever. Okay. And it kind of changed openings to films after it. There are very few films I know of which dump you immediately into the action like that. And I mean within a minute, two minutes. I mean, it re- immediately dumps you into, what the fuck? And you want to know what's going on. Genius. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, it was probably even like 30, 40 seconds. Oh, yeah. They were driving along and they could hear the noise from the boot. Yeah. And then the last thing you expect, if you've never seen this film before, which I'm sure everybody Spoiler. has. Um, yeah, the last thing you expect is for them to get out and for there to yeah. be a half-dead body in the boot, which they then proceed to to finish off, insane. so to speak. Yeah, just yeah. stabbing it and shooting it and a- going mental. Absolutely um, insane. insane opening scene. Completely insane. agree. Insane. Second point. Production design and costume in this film. I don't know. I didn't read at the end who he chose as his production designer and costume designer and hair and makeup. But my God, every old gangster looked like an old gangster. Absolutely. Each era seemed to have the perfect fit, be it, you know, the set design, the production design, the hair, the makeup. The choices, I mean, it was just phenomenal. Well, I think we said last week when we were watching St. Maud that everything in that film came together so perfectly. That's what elevates it to being an excellent film. Yeah. And it's the same for Goodfellas, right? Oh, totally, So yeah. everything comes together. I don't know who the who the production designer was or the costume designer was on this film, no. Brian, but I can tell you that it did win a BAFTA for costume design. There you go. I'll come back to my awards once you've explained to me further why this is such a great film. Great. Thank you. I look forward to that. I know. <laughs> Um, next, music and sound. I mean, my God, the choices of music, the tracks throughout the eras. Da, 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 going from the yeah, the big band 50s stuff all the way through to the 80s, grungy, druggy kind of stuff at the very end. It was just beautifully picked and beautifully placed and just really well done. And the sound was exemplary. Like every squelch of a knife going in, mm-hmm. every... Sound of a sauce being stirred, of a gun being fired, of people having a drink, of hitting the tiles when they've been shot in the face. Like, all of it was perfect. Yeah. I have a question about music for you. Go on. So there was I a, mean, is it a general question about music or is it related to the film? It's related to you and the film. Oh, okay. So there was obviously, we had like quite a few crooner tunes in here yeah. and, and music of the 60s and yeah. Earlier. Are you going to tell everyone I took you to a Tony Bennett concert? Because I did. <laughs> I bloody did. Albert Hall, Tony Bennett. Yes. No, I'm not here to just... He was 175 years old or something and bam, what a concert. No, I'm not just here to talk about how great you are. And by the way, took me to a Tony Bennett concert. No, took your dad to a Tony Bennett concert yeah. and invited me along. Don't make out like this was the biggest treat in the world for me. Like, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, there you go but, then. But you... Uh, I don't, I don't, Enough. All anyway, right? you got to go. People would have died for that ticket. Point being, some probably died before they got a chance to use their <laughs> ticket. So just have some a bit might of respect. Died during the use of that ticket. Um, no, what I want to know is, you are a yeah. big crooner fan. Love them. Is this where your love for that music began? Watching this film back no, in the day, way before my grandfather used to listen to a lot of crooner songs. Okay, all the time. Okay. So yeah, way way before this. So this but is, this it isn't... did not hurt it. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking because you know it's it's a bit glamorous, isn't it? Oh, it's brilliant. But the fact that it goes from the glamorous glamorous age of the mafia, if you like, yeah. you know, where they really did rule everything. <laughs> Just to and... clarify, you did a little air quotation oh, yeah. marks there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, around the word glamorous, not mafia. I'm not, you know, please, if you're in the mafia, don't think I don't believe in it. Um, 
it went from that glamorous music that covered that glamorous era mm. right the way through to the more grungy, drug-fueled kind of everybody's out for themselves thing, mm. which I'll come on mm. to a little bit later because I thought that part when I was younger, I never really understood it properly. I don't believe, and now I do. So that was something that I really enjoyed about this viewing. Okay, continue. Next, never thought I'd say this, but Ray Liotta and narration. I mean, Ray Liotta Stay. was phenomenal in this film, yeah. and everyone should agree with that. And if you don't, don't speak to me again. <laughs> but apart from that, actually, his narration is just brilliant, and the fact that they end it where the narration breaches across into the story world and he talks to you directly. Mm. It's just beautifully done and he does it so well. The narration feels like personal. Yes. Well, what I wanted to say about the narration, if I dare um, interject. You can have 15 to 20 seconds. Um, What I loved I mean, I love a bit of narration anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is a masterclass because, as you've said, it's completely immersive. It's yeah. in a completely unique voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You immediately kind of... And it's really immediate and it draws you straight in. Yeah. And one thing I didn't remember having seen this film before yeah. is that the narration switches from Henry to Karen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I didn't remember that. Right. And then that became then even more powerful because it was suddenly like, yeah, Karen's now telling us what's oh, yeah. going on. I mean, Karen, we're going to have words later, by the way. But I loved that about the narration as well, the fact that we also got her voice. Yeah, absolutely. Phenomenal. Beautifully done. So if you want to put a narrator in your film, and I'm not always for it, watch this one and how to do it. Next, iconic moments. Now, this film is full of iconic scenes and moments. And lines as well, I reckon. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. But we'll come on to that. So um, there are things like when Henry gets a beating from his dad. Yes. At the beginning with the belt. That's quite early on. So this is young. I didn't look up who that was, who was playing young Henry. Because he he looked, he had a look of Ray Liotta. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm assuming that's why they picked him. (laughs) But... Anyway. <laughs> this kid's great. He looks nothing like Ray Liotta. It's fine. Get him yeah, in. he'll do. A lot, hey, a lot of films aren't bothered about whether or no, not the child true. counterpart looks anything like it the adult. True. But the way it's filmed with him like lashing the belt down, you never actually see... You do see the belt connect with the kid's back. Yeah. But you never see it in a long shot. So that meant that when he shoots the dad, he's able to go absolutely ballistic at whatever he was hitting. Yeah. A piece of wood. Hopefully, uh, hopefully not a child or a yeah. cast member. Uh, Probably a runner. And well, well, well. And then they do the other shot. And actually, you can tap the back quite lightly. But when you mix the two and the sound and everything together, it just gives that impression that he's leathering the shit out of him. Really iconic moment. Really beautifully done. Next, the postman. Grabbing the postman, throwing his head into the pizza oven and threatening him. Yeah, because the postman is bringing home... Well, he's doing his job. He's delivering letters from the school, basically saying that Henry's truanting and this is what's caused his dad to beat him and go ballistic. beautifully sums up how that sort of organisation works. Mm. You know, it's like basically threatening the guy who delivers the message and the message never gets delivered and you don't have to worry about the mum and the dad. Absolutely. Another thing, so about those two scenes that you've said, um, they both have freeze frame moments in them. Yes, there's a lot of freeze frame in them. Yeah, so when, you know, dad's beating Henry and when they're attacking the postie to get him to stop delivering the post. Um, 
And they work really, really well. Yeah. And they drew my attention in a way they hadn't done before. And when I was reading about the film later, Scorsese is basically saying that he wanted to emphasise those moments um, and hold on them because they were turning points in Henry's life. Yeah. And actually, yeah, th- thinking about it, you know, I I wasn't thinking sort of deep story world level, but thinking about it, that makes complete sense. You know, these are the pivotal moments that are moulding him into the wise guy he's going to become. Totally. Sorry, for a minute there, I thought it was with the New York gangster. You got a little bit scared, didn't I know. you? But no, Don't totally, worry, I'm yeah. not packing heat. The freeze frames build a scrapbook, basically, of his life, these mm. important moments mm. in his life. Talking of the freeze frame, the cab burning, where he goes around the cab lot. Yes, that and was smashes the, that was all the, the windows. Down, and yeah. It burns. Then you've got the whole thing with Spider, who's the barman who <gasps> forgets a drink and he does the whole okay, shoot at his feet. Listen, poor Spider. Yeah. Agreed. No Joe, one disagrees with you. No Joe, one thinks Spider was a prick. Bloody Joe Pesci wants a drink. Spider ends up dead because of it. But how can... The point is, what a beautiful way to show what a psychopath that Ooh, person was. Yeah. Like, yeah, before you saw him and you're like, well, they're all killers. They're all nutcases. But then he does that mm. and it takes it beyond. And then even the other characters, which, let's face it, never happened. And this whole scene probably never happened. Can then stand there and go, you're a lunatic. Well, and he can even threaten them... And it's like, oh, okay, back off. Well, yeah, I mean, Joe... Joe he views human life that poorly. Yeah, Joe, Joe Pesci was completely off the deep end. Like, he was yeah. he was next-level psychopath. The others were criminals and willing to kill and yeah, yeah, not, yeah. not good people. But, I mean, he he was psychopathic. Yes, I mean, 100%. He, Brian, he killed a made man. He did. And if there's one thing I know you about don't. the mafia yeah. is you do not touch made men. No, you do not. You better have a sit down and you better get an agreement or you're the one who's going to get whacked. Exactly. I've seen enough mafia and read enough mafia-related things yeah. to know that you don't do that. So that was a no-no, I'm afraid, Tommy. Agreed. And then just to sort of I'll quickly rattle through some others, there was the restaurant scene, um, which obviously went down in history, where he says, you, you think I'm a clown, I'm here to amuse you, uh, I'll yeah. make you laugh. Do I, I amuse mean, you? You know, everyone knows it was ad-libbed and everything now, even though that was built in rehearsals. It didn't just happen on the day. But, wow, what a scene. How amazing was that? Yeah, apparently it was based on something that had happened to Joe Pesci. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. He but, yeah, obviously they acted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was ad-libbed in terms of, It wasn't ad-libbed. It was kind of ad hoc rather than ad-libbed. He yeah. suggested they put it in and they did. But, yeah. Um, I mean, Karen, you've mentioned her. The Karen. scene where she gets out of the car and is walking down the street, screaming and yelling at him that he stood her up. Ah, uh, yes, their second date. Yeah, and and she comes, she gets Joe Pesci's character to drive her down so she can shout at him, basically. I have never been willing enough to marry a woman immediately as I am her when she does that. She's just so Oh, well, this comes back amazing. to you just loving a woman that stands up for herself and gets a bit feisty. Is that it's a bad thing? It's know? not a bad thing, but it's 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 sort of a bit of a weird turn on for you, I think. I'm not talking about having a ball gagged in my mouth and getting <laughs> shit kicked out of me. I'm just saying, I like people that stand up for themselves. Oh, it's not a dominatrix thing. No, 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 no. <laughs> But I really... Oh, my God. She just looks hot. She's given it large. It's like, how dare you dump me? It's just the whole thing. It was really well done. Yeah. Iconic scene. Um, and then you've got the whole Billy Bats, which is the made man and where they kill him and why they kill him. And it's a great scene. And, and you know, you've got Stax being murdered later where they shoot him in the back of the head. Excuse me. Do you mean Mr. Samuel L. Jackson? I do mean Mr. Samuel L. Jackson. Quite surprised when I saw him popping, popping on by. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, Lo- yeah. Lovely little role great there little, for Samuel L. Jackson. Great little role, great little character, but the way they kill him, iconic. So all those things put together, you know, you can't argue that this is a phenomenal... How many times in a film do you get that many iconic scenes in one hit? I completely agree with you, and I think you'd be... And like- I haven't finished yet, by the way. <laughs> Not with the uh, scenes, but I mean just with my love of this film. I think um, you would be hard-pushed to find people that didn't know anything about this film or weren't able to tell you one scene or give you one iconic line yeah. from this film. Yeah, 100%. Um, I'm sure probably now people will come up to me on the street and say, do you know what? You're wrong. But I don't think I am wrong. Well, you know, the post bag will come in and it'll mm. probably be two or three of them this time rather than just I mean, the one full sack. You know, will it, Brian? Yeah, probably. Casting. Casting in this film. Exceptional. Absolutely amazing. Every character exceptionally cast. De Niro, Pesci, yep. Bracco, Paul Salvino. Yeah. I mean, who's the guy who played Maury? Love Maury. Maury was played by Chuck Lowe. There you go. Chuck Lowe, legend, mate. You nearly stole the whole bloody thing from that cast. I mean, how you do that, I do not know. You do that by having a little moment called Maury's Wig Shop advert. Yeah, that is true. That's how you nearly steal the whole film. Amazing. And that's the other thing about this film, right? It's brutal, it's horrific, it's violent. It's also really quite funny. Yeah, it is. You know, there's moments of real, real humour in this film and that gives it that edge of believability, if that's not a bit of a naff word. Yeah, Um, life can't be all harrowing horrendousness. It can't be, yeah, because exa- no one would do this well, life if it was. Well, yeah, exactly, and you want to be able to see what's drawn them. And I think what 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 Goodfellas does well is it it does de- sort of depict it to you in a way that you can see why you might get drawn into it, and you can see yeah. the appeal of it. Don't get me wrong; it's not out and out glamour. They're not living in mansions in Beverly Hills, but yeah. you can kind of see the appeal of it and how you'd get swept up in it all. Um, and then it kind of. Yeah. All, all starts to go frantically. Totally. Wrong. And that's all through another thing which I've brought up after casting, which is fabulous characterization. Ooh, oh, you're on it. Which today, is, yeah. well, yeah, which is achieved through the dialogue, through the directing, which are also phenomenal. Um, and really importantly, and I think you might have something to say about it because you mentioned something earlier, I thought, while we were watching it and we had to pause the editing. It's a fucking masterclass in editing. That's old Thelma. She absolutely... I mean, don't get me wrong. Martin was also an editor. So those two together, it must be a hell of an experience to watch an edit. Yeah, but surely that makes it harder. If your director's also an editor... Well, totally. I'm not, And yeah, and you were married to her. I mean, it doesn't make it easier. But my point is, wow. What they must come... Well, what they do come out with, just in terms of every element that's been edited together... Mm. And just the lines of dialogue and the way they juxtapose them with images, you know. In fact, my husband will go out and cut a few corners and they cut immediately and I'm slapping the shit out of a truck driver mm. and, you know, threatening him with guns and shotguns. And she's like, cut a few corners. And it's just beautifully edited, beautifully edited. And if anyone has a problem with that, come to my house and we'll discuss it. No, it was nominated um, for Best Editing at the Oscars, but it didn't actually win. It did win at the BAFTAs, though. Quite right. So that's Thelma Shoemaker. What I was going to say to you is yeah. actually not about editing. Yeah, I know okay. I, I know. I said the word editing at the time. It's actually continuity. Ah. Because there's a couple of dodgy continuity moments in this film. Disagree. Prob- well, probably more than the two I'm going to point out. So if, anyone's, if anyone sure enjoys that, loads, if anyone's yeah. got eagle eyes, go back and check out a couple of scenes. Um, so my first one is in the iconic 
Tell Me How I'm Funny, I'm Funny How to You, yeah. between Joe Pesci and Ray Liotta. Yeah. Um, when we cut to behind Ray Liotta, yeah. and then we cut back so that we can sort of see both of them, Ray Liotta's kind of got a drink in his hand, not got a drink in his hand, the placement of his hands moved. Just a couple of times we cut back and forth, his okay. hand has moved to a different place and it was a little bit jarring. Well, if you're watching his hands, you're not watching the film. You're not <laughs> listening to the story or watching the story. And I think I should probably finish this podcast. Well, I'm going to give you another one. So wait for the second one before you uh, get really angry. No problem. Carry on. <laughs> um, and the second one was um, when Henry Hill has been incarcerated and he's in prison being visited by Karen. And she- oh, the let him do it scene. She comes in with the kids. Yeah, and she's let let him do it. Let her do it. Oh mm. yeah, when she's basically yeah, sorry, yeah. she's 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 pulling out the stuff she smuggled in and is basically saying, you know, let your go. I I know your girlfriend's been to see you. Yeah. Let her smuggle all this crap in. Yeah. The kids have got like these coloured building blocks on yeah. the table, and again, when we sort of cut angles, the building blocks move and change yeah. between. Yeah, the little girl's moment. holding one in one cup. Yeah. You cut back, she's not holding any more. So you agree the with salami, me? There's two salamis on the table, no cheese. You cut back, you cut away. There's one salami, one cheese. So Not two salamis, no cheese. I noticed that. Con- but it's called being involved in the story <laughs> and not being concerned with it. <laughs> I'm... Don't worry, I know it's been made. Look, don't pernickety, get... Pernickety, pernickety, Don't, Beverland. don't get angry about it. It's merely an observation. And this this is what I'm here for. I am here to observe and relay. Okay? Ooh. Don't shoot the messenger, mate. That's well, all I'm saying. I think after that film, you should be careful whether I'm going to shoot the messenger. I want to talk about Karen. Good. Me too. Because she meets this guy. Yeah. He's an asshole. Yeah. He stands her up. Yeah. She goes to confront him. Yeah. And he thinks, oh, actually, feisty one she is. Quite like I do, yeah, understandable. Hottie, yeah. um, and she, she, you can see, she's quite enamoured by him herself. Yes. Um, so she starts dating him and he takes yeah. her into another famous shot is that long tracking scene where they go into the Copacabana club yeah, yeah, through, through the, the kitchen. kitchen. Yeah, that was another iconic scene. Add it to my list. <laughs> yeah, that's another iconic scene. Um, and they eventually get in and he's being treated like royalty and he's yeah sent champagne or wine or whatever and they're sitting there. And her voiceover says, uh, I didn't think there was anything strange in this, a 20-year-old kid with connections. 21. Sorry, yes, a 21-year-old kid with connections. Correct. Um, with such connections. I mean, first of all, 21? Hmm? Was it? Well, uh, yeah, exactly. But-, but but my point being, did you really? Did you really not think there was anything strange in this? Or you were just quite happy to go along with it because it was glamorous and enjoyable? Well, he told her he was in construction. He was a union delegate. He'd covered everything. He would know a lot of people if you were a union delegate. Brian. We have a friend who was a union delegate. (laughs) Did he he have soft hands? (laughs) Oh, yeah. No. He knows everyone. But do you know what I mean? And then, so so first of all, it's like, come on, love. Are we really believing you were that naive to begin with? Because I find that a little bit hard to swallow. I think that's what she's trying to say, that she was that naive to begin with. Well, I, okay, so I suppose she was meant to be around that age as well. But because they looked a bit older, that was slightly hard well, to yeah, swallow. Oh, yeah, that was a tough bit. Um, and then when he, um, she calls him because she's been roughed up by the yeah. neighbour, mm-hmm. um, and then he proceeds to, to yeah. beat the neighbour with push the... push me out of the car. <laughs> Go on. Um, he then proceeds to beat the neighbour up quite seriously with the butt of his gun. Yeah. 
Um, Another iconic scene. Just write them down, people. Just make yourselves a little list. And then he runs over back to Karen and thrusts the gun at her and is like, yeah. hide it. That's just after the Murray Weeks shop scene, which is one of the most iconic <laughs> ever. Just watch it, people. Literally, Brian, every scene can't be iconic. Come on now. It can. I think you're watering it down. You have to choose like two or three to be iconic. You can't choose the whole film. Okay, sorry. Didn't realise <laughs> there were rules to what I could like. <laughs> um, come on now, you know there are. Um but he gives her the gun to hide and she's like, oh, I know plenty of my girlfriends. That would have been the end of it for them. But I'll be honest, it was quite a turn on. Yeah. Karen, Karen, Karen. Yeah. You knew what you were getting into. You knew this wasn't going to end well. What was wrong with you? He can't have been that good in bed. Well, I don't think it was that. She wanted an exciting life. Look at the life she lived. It looked perfectly nice. Her parents looked Fucking quite well to do. Hell, it was dull as ditch water. Dull as ditch water, but at least you're not, you know, having your life threatened and yeah, you getting were. addicted to drugs. and Yeah, because he was an asshole apparently, at the time, and you're treating her well. And then the only other decent guy she lived opposite side of the street started touching her up inappropriately and threw her onto the street out of his car. So... Defend that woman. Well, I, Defend, I won't have you say bad words against our Karen. I No, I liked Karen. I liked Karen Amazing. a lot. Amazing. Um, all I'm saying is, if I was Karen, yeah. after they got married, I mean, granted, yeah. it would have been harder to extricate yourself from this situation then. After they got married yeah. and were given tons and tons of money, which yeah, obviously yeah, would yeah. have been nice, yeah. she she got invited round to the you know wives and girlfriends' house yeah, to this yeah. beauty session with yeah. all these hideous women. Yeah, I know. They're brilliant. <laughs> like, you know, talking brilliant. about beating their kids yeah, and yeah. their husbands doing whatever they want and they've all got bad skin and too much makeup yeah i'm out that's the point at which but what I'm are you out. gonna do where are you gonna go i don't care i'm gonna go to the other side of the country america's a big place but you, you mentioned the bag of money how are you going to divorce him are you going to claim there's loads of money there no there's not he didn't have a social security number he's a gangster you know my God, you think you've got more power than the mafia? <laughs> no, I just think I'm not going to get sort of that involved. I'm out. That's all I'm saying. But all power to Karen when she finds out that he's having an affair and goes over to confront Janice, Janice Rossi. Yeah, Janice Rossi, um, apartment 2R, sir. Now, she is all. That is an excellent excellent scene because she's there, she's brought the kids with her, she's pressing the buzzer, she's pressing all the buzzers she's screaming yeah. she's shouting she's telling the super that yeah. yeah this woman's a whore he's got a whore in his building yeah absolutely brilliant yeah agreed kudos agreed. to Lorraine Bracco brilliant 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 she is absolutely phenomenal in this she did get um, nominated for best supporting actress at the Oscars the 63rd Oscars she didn't win and I think that is a travesty okay. do you want to know who won well, I do, but are you going to have anything left for your segment? Of course, of course. Okay, who's, tell who's, me who won then. Tell me who won. Um, Whoopi Goldberg, Ghost. Fuck, right she off. She beat Lorraine Bracco as Best Supporting Actress. I mean, just for the, just, not even for the performance, but the role itself. Yeah. She, that, it's ridiculous, I think. That's insane. Yeah, I think that's insane, but but it's true. Um, but saying that, I mean, look, I don't want this to sound weird and pervy now that I've made a point that I really like Psycho Karen. <laughs> a little bit too much, have to say. Can we reenact that scene at the door? I'll be Janice Rossi, you can buzz at the <laughs> oh, gate. Oh, you want me to just... yeah. <laughs> Answer me! And who will... You are a whore! We don't, we don't have any, like, super of the building. That's fine, so just buzz flat four. I'll just buzz everyone. Yeah, just to let just you know. Play, just to let you know. Pla- <laughs> Yeah, Brian okay. Franklin, we'll he do, is a whore. We'll do that later. 
That might be quite good. That'd be quite cool. I quite enjoy that. I wrote that down at the time. I want to reenact that scene. No, she was phenomenal at that. Yeah. She looked like a woman that would kill everyone and get a man back. And is that a female thing, can mm. I say? Because I love the female characters in this. I think the female characters were brilliant. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I wrote down here, it's his penis that ruins him. Yeah, totally. You know, nothing it, else. Doesn't it all men? <laughs> yeah, but like... I was going to blame the women in it, you know, because that's the kind oh, of... No, but that's bastard. the gist you get. And then I think, well, actually, no, it's his dick that's destroyed him. Yeah. His Janus Rossi yeah. was because he couldn't keep his dick in his pants. Yeah. Then the one who cuts his drugs. I mean, she was a useless waste of fucking space. Sandy. Sandy. I mean, Jesus, I could have told you, mate. Christ, she Tr- ain't washed anything up for about six months. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Don't buy her a dishwasher. Just buy her everything <laughs> new every six weeks. <laughs> useless like Paris Hilton's pants I know he wasn't having sex but with the one who was carrying the drugs around the oh the babysitter who makes the call from the house yeah my god she needed a slap but just like everything everything he was doing that kind of seemed to be his downfall started with his dick well yeah but it's it's more than that isn't it it's um excess it's it's wanting things to excess, isn't it? Yeah. So whether that be sex or drugs or money or whatever, that was his downfall. It was it was wanting things to oh, excess. Totally. So he was getting deeper and deeper in and yeah, having multiple affairs. Yeah, and, um, totally. And on that point, and I'll say this very quickly because we really should go to a nerd alert soon. Um, the drugs Don't in this film. Wow. The drugs in this film reflect the world as it changed. So in this particular story, like his real downfall, I mean, his almighty massive downfall started when the drugs started in prison. Yes. It was a real reflection of what happened in American society in the 80s. Uh I mean, society everywhere. Because this starts in around the 80s, 79, 80. It's what they put up on the thing anyway. Uh, Yeah, I think... um I think he gets out in 80 or 79 or... Yeah, I, yeah, I think the first scene is 70, but then we obviously go back and then we go forward again. And yeah, it's the, yeah, 80, no, I it's know. the 80s I by know, the time but he's by in by this prison. point, yes, yes. agreed, yes. Um, and then basically he comes out and everything then becomes about him, even though he has the warning from the old world, this will fuck you up, this is the way it is. Well, Paulie tells him, you don't get involved in drugs, like you're done. Yeah, You're dead to me. Yeah, I, mm. I remember. I, was there. To I sat right next to you when we were watching. <laughs> Should have listened to Paulie. That's all I'm saying. And um, and he still carries on. But I just thought, what a reflection of because society at the time became very selfish, very single-minded. Everybody was a bit delusional. Like, oh, I can make more money than I've ever made. I don't care whether it's right or wrong. I don't care. And I'm not just talking about drug dealers. Yuppies. I'm talking about yuppies. <laughs> I'm talking about broad, um, Wall Street and the city centre in London and all all these people went mm. mental. Mm. And therefore, drugs exploded as well. And I just thought, wow, I never noticed that at the time. The music changed. Yeah. The theme changed. And at the time, I was just thinking, yeah, why did they do that? But actually, it was a really good reflection of he kind of went in prison during this boom time. And yeah. he came out as part of the problem. Yeah. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. The, the, what I will say quickly before we get on to my uh, ever-excellent nerd alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that is one of the... Brilliant things about this film, and what yes. what I agree with makes it a classic. It is the pacing. Yeah. So you know, you open with this horrific opening scene. Yeah. Um, which immediately sort of you understand who these, what sort of type, what sort of yeah, people yeah, these yeah. men are, and then you go back. Yeah. To build up 
um, an attachment, not not a like necessarily because they're bad people, but an attachment and an understanding and a desire to to follow these characters yes. by starting with Henry as a young kid and seeing how he kind of got drawn into it and and yeah. meeting um, meeting Jimmy and Tommy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we go full circle. We do back to that opening scene. So yeah. and so we end up eventually seeing how we've ended up at that point. Um, and then it starts building, 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 everything starting to kind of get slightly out of hand. Everything's the drugs come in, yeah, he goes yeah, yeah. to prison. And then we get what I think could potentially be my favorite. It's not really a scene even, but my favorite sort of portion is this frantic um, moment near the end where he thinks he's being followed by the helicopter. Yeah, 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 yeah. And everything is suddenly chaotic frantic the helicopter's there he looks like absolute shit and so does she she looks like shit yeah um everything's happening really fast the narration is really speedy like you know the drugs are kind of taking effect ruined and nothing looks quite as well not classy but it's quite as expensive as it did yeah it's just absolute freefall chaos and it's just this beautiful paced build-up yeah um that kind of takes you and then you know, takes you to that zenith, and he, he completely everything falls apart. Um, and then obviously he, he and then goes and, and stops, rat, rats everybody yeah. as out. As he goes to reverse out, it just stops. Yeah. As soon as that cop gets involved, yeah, his yeah, frantic yeah. life stops. I actually had um, a quote from Scorsese about um, about this, yeah. and this is how he approached the film. Um, he wanted to begin Goodfellas like a gunshot and have it get faster from there. I think it's the only way you can really see the exhilaration of that lifestyle and the appeal yeah, of it. Agreed. Which makes complete sense. I mean, the man's a genius. He's a fucking genius. A fucking and I'm genius. sorry, I'm going to swear a lot in this podcast, but it was fucking amazing and he's a fucking genius. And on that note, I think we should go to... Nerd Alert! Is this my time to shine? Polish my badge? Thank you, Brian. Here we go with facts for Goodfellas. It had a budget of 25 million and it grossed 47 million. The producer, Erwin Winkler, also produced Rocky and they shoot horses, don't they? Some alternate taglines for the film. Shooting people was no big deal. Or murderers come with smiles. There were 12 drafts of the screenplay, which was a collaboration between um, Martin Scorsese and writer Nicholas Pileggi. Some alternate cast for the film. Instead of De Niro, we could have had Pacino or John Malkovich. Instead of Ray Liotta, we could have had Sean Penn, Val Kilmer or Tom Cruise. And instead of Lorraine Bracco, we could have had Madonna. The Cobra Commander tracking shot was filmed eight times and the witness protection scene had Edward A. MacDonald, the MY prosecutor who appeared as himself. The film was shot on location in Queens, New York State, New Jersey and Long Island. The dinner scene with Tommy's mother, a.k.a. Scorsese's mother, the painting that she shows them of the bearded man and dogs is actually based on a photo from National Geographic magazine in November 1978. If you Google it, you can see what a great job that picture was. And Sandy, played by Debbie Mazar, when she meets Ray Liotta for the first time and walks back out of the bedroom, she trips. And it was actually an accident. She tripped over the camera dolly, but Scorsese kept it in because he felt like it showed her being overwhelmed by Henry Hill and he liked it. Thank you, Sinead. That was um, some strange folks in there. <laughs> the casting choices were weird. Well, I thought I'd Tom some strange Cruise. Friends. Exactly. That wouldn't have worked. No, that was a suggestion by the studio that I would imagine got shot down as quick as it was offered. 
I think they wanted somebody um, known for 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 Henry Hill. So Madonna. Madonna again. I don't quite understand. If they he, they went to see her in a play apparently. So there obviously was a relative, right. relatively real consideration. Wow! Imagine desperately seeking Susan meets untouchable. <laughs> Imagine Goodfellas with Tom Cruise and Madonna. Yeah, no, that's it's not I a film. It's not a film we want, is yeah, it? We're not having it. Um, so I love. Sorry to to just come back to a couple more things that I really loved in this film, and they're more reflections of what people are like and society is like. And I think the first big one really is how well this film reflects how young people are recruited into this sort of life. Mm-hmm. So there's still a lot of young people get recruited into da- gang, sorry, gangland activity now. Um, and, you know, the police was like, oh, yeah, it's because of the drugs and the money and they're taken advantage of and everything else. And, of course, there's an element of that. But actually, when a push comes to shove, it's about making a young person feel wanted. Yeah, it's about giving them a community or a... Or a hundred percent. In inverted commas, family feel. Yeah, 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 yeah I completely What this agree does with really that. well, he talks about, you know, how he's trapped like an adult, how when something bad happens to him, the adults get a hold of the postman and go and throw his head in the oven. Now, I agree with him. How could you go and pledge allegiance to the flag? Mm. How could you go to school and be trapped like an average no one? You know, it's that about being told you're special and being told you're worthy when you probably come from an environment where, in general, in society, the last thing you are taught is that you are worthy and that you should have something better in life than just sitting around on the dole. Yeah. And I think for some reason, the privileged people that run the systems seem to be completely unaware of that. These young kids that get involved in this stuff, and this film reflects it beautifully, are not necessarily just doing it for the money. Of course, the money comes into it. Of course, the glamour comes into it. But at first, none of them are tret well. They're usually mules and running around and tret like shit. Well, yeah, it's manipulation, isn't it? It's yeah, kind of their but they in, are told they? they are worthwhile. Mm. And, you know, until you get to the root of that and making people feel better about themselves, then you wouldn't be interested in this life. I agree with you, Brian. That was a public service announcement by Thank Brian you. Franklin on behalf of the UK. Yeah, I will be running for Lambeth Councillor. <laughs> I won't. I won't. I just won't. I Ooh. wouldn't do it. I can't do it. But if I did, I could become mafia oh, no. related. Oh, maybe I should. I mean, you already want to join the Freemasons. So, you know, oh, why I not would. just go the whole If hog? there's any Freemasons listening, send me an invite. I'm there. No, I've told you, you're not allowed to ban- banned you from <laughs> such activity. Ever, if anything's going to make me join the Freemasons quicker, <laughs> it's you banning me. <laughs> Air quotes have gone up again. I know, this is happening a lot today. I know, Well, I know. that was a very, very valid, interesting, intelligent point, Brian. Yeah. I, I mean, I've got something equally valid, intelligent and interesting. Go on. I think Ray Liotta walks a bit like Patrick Swayze. <laughs> Did you not think? I Particularly when he was know. striding across to beat the guy up with the gun. I thought, oh, he's got quite a Swayze swagger on him. Swayze swagger, I might trademark No. Right? <laughs> You're not allowed, all right? You are flying today. So my next genuine point is about the whole scene uh, where after they've done the huge heist. The Lufthansa heist. The Lufthansa heist. They go to the was airport. Was that the Lufthansa one? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it? The, the one before heist. was different. Yeah. Um, they go and they steal six million something like dollars. That. Well, the FBI said two million. State police say four million. Yeah. Someone else says I thought. Five. I thought in Paul's the end... Say five. I thought in the end, the narration said, yeah, that J- Jimmy bagged about six million or something. Probably. Yeah. Um, 
But it's like winning the Euro Millions. I know, right? Well, no, Euro Millions is a lot more actually. It's like winning the no- normal national lotto. Okay, this was back in the day. <laughs> so, so well, it would have inflation. Yeah. Okay, right. Sorry, back to your point. Lufthansa yeah. heist. Where was I? My God, you see what I have to live with here, people. My lordy. So after the Lufthansa heist, they're in a bar. It's Christmas. Ah, oh, yes. And everyone starts coming in having spent money from the heist. I would go so far as to say flaunting exactly, their purchases exactly. from the heist. But I love this because it showed the difference between your Henry Hill and your James Conway characters and the others. Mm-hmm. They were intelligent enough. I mean, Henry Hill really wasn't, actually. James Conway was probably the most intelligent. Jimmy the Gent. Jimmy the Gent. I, I prefer the nicknames. Because he told him, like, you know, every cop on the planet is going to be looking for yeah. it. It's the biggest heist of all time. Yeah. Don't spend any money. First one comes in and bought a pink Cadillac. It's in my mother's name. I mean, I love that. The way he keeps saying it's, it's in my mother's name. I know, so as if that's like, oh, okay. I would have wanted to have slapped him for that. Also, pink Cadillac. What is his wife, Barbie? She was a little bit like a big version of. Well, I suppose, but honestly. And then the next one comes. something classy. And then the next one comes in, a character I love him. I can't remember his name. Anyway, and his wife... Mm. Is wearing a twenty thousand dollar mink, and he's like, "Get out of here!" And he didn't. Argue <laughs> he and he, rips, he takes it off yeah, of her. Like yeah. Jimmy's like, he actually it pulls it off her Bring shoulders. It Bring it! I don't care where you got it. Bring it back. Um, which, by the way, should have been take it back. But I thought was absolutely fantastic. But I thought again, this is what people would do. Mm. They would, mm. and even though Henry Hill's supposed to be bright, and he doesn't question Jimmy, and he doesn't really harass him for his portion, even though he gets a nice big sizable wad of cash. He goes, you know, like straight away and buy. I've got the most expensive tree they had. So they still show that he's a bit brighter than the rest. Yeah, but he's But he still, ain't that bright. He's not yeah. a Conway level bright. Yeah. You know, and I just, I thought, yeah, that would be it. If if I know for a fact, if I committed a crime with a group of five people, I can guarantee you four of the five would go out there and spunk the money immediately. And you'd be like, what are you doing? You come from a council estate mm. and you've gone and bought yourself a Mercedes. <laughs> yeah, you're like, drawing attention you know to I mean? yourself. Yeah, stop it. Yeah, no. And they're I'm, a crime family as well, so they would be being watched anyway. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. No, I agree. That was that was a that Genius. was a brilliant that was a brilliant, brilliant scene. Is it in that scene that Tommy's new girlfriend says, um, if I so much as look at another guy He'd kill me. He'd kill me. I think it might be or it might have been, yeah, a or bit it might later, have been I don't slightly know. later on. Um but, yeah. but I loved that and I loved the way she delivered it because yeah. she does it with this pride of like, oh God, I've really hit the jackpot. This guy's gonna yeah. <laughs> gonna kill whoever looks at me. Um And the way that Jimmy's wife goes, Great. <laughs> it's just so it's really good. good. I really love that. Acting masterclass, this film. Acting masterclass. You believe they're all friends, as well as yeah. the fact they couldn't give a shit about you. But there's a weird atmosphere that they're all mates, they've all hung around. But yes, they would kill each other happily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got that feeling. The women, stunning. I mean, like you said, that scene where they're all at the hostess party or whatever she called yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, they were petrifying. Yeah. They were petrified. As a guy, if you walked into that environment, you would be eaten alive. I mean, Absolutely eaten it alive. would be fascinating. If I would love to watch it, but I wouldn't want to be part of mm. it, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, De Niro, bloody fucking amazing. wow. You know, amazing. This is a man who unfortunately went on a Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> But Look, like, forgive him for that. Wow. It was one film, Brian. Come on. I don't care. He does what he wants. Okay. He m- makes more money than I do, and he's far more revered than I am. Meet and, the fuckers. Yeah, yeah. But like he, this is a range. You yeah. know what I mean? And I wondered. There's a picture behind him and Ray Liotta. Yeah. 
don't know if you found this out. During the scene where they are going to kill Mori, he tells him to bring Mori yeah. to the card game. Yeah. And they're laughing. He says, oh, forget about tonight. Forget about tonight before yeah. he kills him to Ray Liotta. Behind him, there's a, a picture of a boxer. Oh, okay. Who's knocked someone out of the ring. And I wonder if that was from Raging Bull. Oh. I couldn't see whether it was still oh, a Oh, I don't Bull. know. We'll have to have a look for that later. Anyway, and then apart from that, Mori, mental, all of the gangsters were fucking amazing. Even, you know... Frenchie Joe Buddhist, Samuel L. Jackson's phenomenal. You know, just the way he talks. But And one of my favourites, Karen's mum. Oh, yes, Karen's mum. What mom. an actress. What? Where were you? You were out all night. This, oh, oh, my yeah. God, and what the, an actress. What an amazing Just after actress. they've got married and they've, they're staying with her yeah. parents. Yeah. And um, he's obviously staying out all night doing God knows what. Yeah. And that is so, it's excellently, believably yeah. done, isn't it? And she's yeah. just like, where is it? Your father never never stayed out like this with his friends. Yeah. Our yeah. dad never went no, out anywhere. Totally. No, <laughs> and then when Ray Liotta <laughs> arrives home. Yeah, she just gives him shit. And she just goes to the door and beats her daughter to it. I cannot imagine what you would do if oh, we were staying amazing. at my mum's and, you know, you well, rolled home at 2am yeah. and <laughs> my mum got to the door. Where the hell have you been? We've been worried sick. It was amazing, amazing. Listen, I could waffle on day and night about why this film is fabulous, but I'm aware that time is ticking on and we really need to get the video cassette scores in the bag for our listening, I would say, tens of millions. <laughs> you've been watching a lot of Judy Justice. A By the bit. way, people, if you've not seen the new uh, Judy, she's had a glow up. Go oh, sh- yes. Go check out the new Judge Judy. It takes an episode or two to get into it, but as you get towards the end of season one, it starts to find its feet. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. What is your VHS score no, for No, no, no. I don't Goodfellas. go first. I suggested the film. You go first. Oh, is that how this works? It's how it always works. Okay. So I want to know what your score is, please, for the classic film Goodfellas. There's a bit of a threat in the way I said that. Did you hear? Mm-hmm. Well... I'm actually a little bit surprised with myself. Go on. I'm going high two weeks on the bounce. Go on. I'm going to give this film five VHS tapes. Five? Absolutely. Five? I thought you said there were continuity errors. Yes, there's a difference between acknowledging a continuity error and and feeling that it destroys the film. I'm not having a go at you. I'm loving this score, but... Five. I'm giving it a five. There were continuity problems, Ooh-wee. but that did not take away Ooh-wee. from the excellence of this film. I'm busy dancing. <laughs> Careful, you'll Ooh-wee. pop a hip. <laughs> right. I'm going to give it two. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I am a five. Five VHS tapes. I mean, yeah, I know are. this is basically, and I've said there is no such thing as the perfect film. Mm, it's pretty close. But I'm watching it and I feel proper emotional watching it now. It's weird because I haven't seen it. I used to watch this a lot, this film. I haven't seen it for at least 10 years. And it's just beautiful. It's beautifully made from the perspective of filmmaking and yeah, storytelling as well as you. the actual story and the act. Just everything comes together. It's a five VHS tapes. That means it's a 10 VHS it's tape. It's our first ever oh. 10 VHS tapes. To just agree with you, I think... What makes this a five for me is not only is it, from a filmmaking perspective, a stunning piece of work. Yeah. It's also, in my opinion, one of the most accessible, entertaining, audience-pleasing films that is also fantastically filmed. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. It's, It's a thing of beauty. 100%. Oh, my Lord. 
I'm going to be happy now for the rest of the week. This is great. What, what, what a great, you know. To quote something I say a lot, hashtag fact. <laughs> so, unfortunately, don't though. I really understand hashtags, do you? <laughs> never have, never will. And I'm proud of it. Same as the little at squiggly thing. Don't get that either. So, apart from in an email, obviously, I'm not daft. Okay. Just to clarify. Mm-hmm. Reasons to dump you. Despite your ridiculously high score, somehow you managed to pull off a five reasons to dump you. Well, that's ridiculous. No, no, it's not. I think you'll find it is. I mean, tell me So then. actually, it's a, it's a day of fives. Mm-hmm. Five, five, and now we've got five reasons to dump you. And a fist of fives. So number one, continuity. Well, no, that's the a valid point. You agreed with me that those... Those building bricks. No, but you clearly weren't watching the story at the time. You were fanning around watching kids building blocks. She's losing her shit, waving drugs around. Yeah, it was me in the mating room. It was great. You could not but see it. I I defy anyone to go and watch those scenes and not see those continuity problems. Don't care. Number two, hatred of Karen. How can you hate Karen? No, no, no. I loved Karen. No, you hate her because you're jealous of her because you love her. No, Bracker, you can get my number by just contacting the show direct. (laughs) Number three. You seem to have laid down rules to what I can like. Well, yeah. Yeah. That, that's called being in a civil partnership. Next. <laughs> <laughs> well, number four. You think you have more power than the mafia? Well, <laughs> once I got my bag of cash, I'd have gone. No one would have stopped me. Yeah, sure. I went to a mafia wedding where I got married, stole their money and walked away. But hey, they I care. never said I was going to steal the money. Well, you are, darling. If you walk away with it, you're stealing it. Well... They gave it to you for your married life, not for a life on your own away from Ray. And finally, number five, and this is the main one. You were on four, and I was thinking, well, does she deserve... Yeah, you do. Ray Liotta walks like Patrick Swayze. That's a compliment. What did you call it? Swayze Swagger. <laughs> Bloody idiot. You watch... That should be two. When he when he storms across to... See, I've seen the scene. To I've beat watched the guy it. up. He, He's got he's got a bit of a Swayze swagger. Well, what is a Swayze swagger? Watch Ray Liotta and you'll Have see. Have you never on, seen so. the way Patrick Swayze walks? I don't pay that it's much rhythmical. attention. rhythmical. <laughs> wow. I'm wiggling my hips now. So you, to love, <laughs> you love Ray's slinky hips? I'm <laughs> just saying. Swayze swagger. Well, on that... Hashtag Swayze swagger. On that time bomb, on that cultural reference, we shall leave it for now. That was Reasons to Dump You. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we'll be back next week with we my choice. Good luck. We just had a 10. <laughs> In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at reasons underscore pod. Yeah. Um, and if you'd like to leave us a rating, please do. Um, we'd love a five star rating. And if not, then the mafia might pop around. Yeah. And uh, as we've said many a time before, if uh, you see us out and about, please come and say hi. And um, always send on your love for the podcast to those around you. Until next time. See you next time, Brian. See you next time, Sinead. Bye. Bye.